This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is what today? Today's the 11th of October. Wow, that's really great. Yeah, that's. That's amazing. Days goes by so fast. So it is the 11th of October. I appreciate you being with me. This is Invest Talk, and of course, things are constantly churning and changing out there in the marketplace, in the news, and economic news as well as you know just political news. And the big story today was trade and a tentative partial agreement uh, with China. Gee, big surprise, huh? Now. The reason why I say gee, big surprise is because don't you think that there's going to be an agreement before Trump starts seriously getting into the, re- the campaign for re-election? Of course you do, right? I've told you. We talked about it. But so this is just one step, and there'll be some more agreements, and he'll point to himself and say how a great job he did, right? That's, that's just going to be what it is. That's how, that's how it's going to be. So... We just, I think you should expect it. The market liked it. The market liked that kind of news. Uh, and this kind of, this whole week, the market was doing quite well, actually. It had a good week after a couple of weeks of not so good. So the week was pretty pleasant from a stock market point of view. Still, we are still, I, I, I wrote in the newsletter that we are in a constant battle to try to break above our old highs set, set a year ago September. We're still, we can't seem to break it. We go up to it, we break it just a little bit, and then we fall apart and fall back down. Break it up, break up a little bit, and then fall back down. And we've done that like four or five times. And now we're trying to go up there again. We'll see. Anyways, I'm going to, this is, this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and thank you again for joining. You can call me. We want all your calls about anything investing, all your investing questions, anything financial we'll talk about. And of course, when you do call, you're going to take charge of the program and push it the direction you want it to go. It's up to you. As long as it's financial, I'm on board. And of course, it is all about financial freedom. All of us trying to learn something from each other to help us all, you know, save, grow, protect our money. That's it. This It's a very simple thing. The show is very simple. Its concept is simple. To help us all grow, protect, and and earn and save. How do we do all that? So it's hard. It's hard. You think someone make? I got a, something to show to you today. Talking about where someone making three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money, right? A lot of money. But that person making three hundred fifty thousand dollars doesn't feel rich. I'll, I'll go over how where, where the money goes, how he spends, how that person spends it. They don't feel rich. They know they're well off. They're not like crying about it. But every dime is spent. One way or another. So that's what the show is all about. Us all trying to achieve that financial freedom. And to do that, I need your calls. I need your questions. And you can call me live right now. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The listener line is always open. You can call that number anytime. We're just live right now. And I want to take a minute to thank those people that I met yesterday in San Jose. I really do enjoy sitting down and talking to clients and uh, potential clients. It's kind of 
fun for me. It's kind of interesting. I hear different stories. And, you know, when I talk to clients, you know, it's like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, I haven't talked to them in a while. What's going on with them? And up to date. And we look over the portfolios. And, yeah, I really do enjoy that. I really do. So uh, I do appreciate you guys. Now, you know, my next appointment, my next scheduled time to visit with potential clients is New York. I'll be there on November 7th, New York City. Um, I made I made one trip so far. I had to stay there an extra day. I'm trying not to stay an extra day, but I may have to. Uh, we'll see how the appointments go. You have to call me to set up a time. If you do, then I'll know if I had to set up a second day to be there. So you got to register. Go to uh, you got to register for the portfolio reviews, and you go to investtalk.com, investtalk.com to register. And tomorrow, Justin and I uh, will be leading the new KPP Wealth Conference at our Irvine, California offices. The event is titled The Earnings Yield and No Yield World, Investing in Real Estate, Stocks and Bonds for Income. And there is limited seating. Well, we do have a few seats left, though. So we can squeeze a few more people in. Make reservations through investtalk.com. So we're going to talk about, we'll probably lead off with real estate with a couple couple of real estate experts. We have an attorney there, trust attorney there. He'll spend five, ten minutes talking about that. Uh, Then we're going to get into investing stocks. I'm going to talk about the economy, and then Justin's going to talk about vesting, and uh, Jason's going to talk about bonds and income-producing instruments. So I think it'll be pretty good. It's going to go fast. It's 9 to 12. It's going to go fast. I know that that time time goes by so fast to me. So be there. That's tomorrow. You can call and uh, go to, can't call, go to investtalk.com and register. You got to register. You still can do it. My main talking point today concerns a particular story that has, this is a headline. The father of the yield curve says that now is a time to prepare for a recession. The three-month treasury has been in an inverted yield curve since May, and he argues that assets can be better managed when the economy is booming. It's much more difficult when there's a turn in the economy. And, of course, that's true. Now, mind you, I've been telling you all that we don't have an inverted curve between the two-year treasury and the 10-year treasury, but he is looking at the three-month treasury and comparing it with the 10-year treasury. And that little curve, he says, is inverted, and that's flashing a big red flag. I got other things we're going to talk about. The Fed said that there's no change in their monetary stance. No change. Yet, they're going to buy $60 billion of short-term treasury debt. What? Huh? If you know anything about what QE is, you this should go like, what? What are you talking about? That is, of course, a change, but we'll we'll get into that. Where does your paycheck go? Do you know how much you make? Uh, You know what the average person makes in the United States and how much they spend on average? We'll talk about that. And forget all the hype and trade war and no trade war and impeachment, no impeachment. Forget all about that. The marker follows one thing only consistently, always. What is that one thing that follows? That's what we're going to discuss today. Of course, you do come first. And that means you need to call. So you can call anytime you want. The market was up. 
The Dow was up 319 points, and Nasdaq up 106, the S&P up 32. So a pretty positive week for the market day because there was positive news on the China trade deal, right? We'll talk about that a little bit, too. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you heard me say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance, how much risk a person can handle before they panic in or panic out. You need to know that so that you won't panic in or panic out of the market. So what is that risk tolerance of yours? What is it? How do you measure it? Well, we have a tool. It's called Riskalyze that will measure your risk tolerance. It scores your risk tolerance from 0 to 100. 80 is the same risk as the S&P 500, and this will score your personal risk tolerance, and it kind of tells you whether you can take the risk of the market or not, or should you have less risk in the market. Go to investtot.com and take the free short questionnaire. 888-99-CHART. It's Friday, and Steve is back. And here's good news for listeners in the New York area. Steve Peasley is making consultation appointments for in-person portfolio reviews on November 7th in New York. But if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will be leading the KPP Wealth Management Conference tomorrow morning in Irvine. The event topic? Earning yield in a no-yield world. Investing in real estate stocks and bonds for income. Learn more at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Bruce in Fresno. How you doing, Bruce? Good, Steve. Hey, I'm wondering about uh, Habit. Uh, it's a restaurant chain, and it, it, uh, I'm just wondering if it is still overpriced. I mean, it, it, since it's come out, it's gained in sales uh-huh. every year. They have more um, uh, stores, that, but... They mm-hmm. it keeps on going down, and I'm wondering, is it still overpriced? How do you judge that when the sales keep going okay. up? Hardly making any money. It's still selling for seventy times earnings and stuff. Where yep. Yep. do you draw the line? Yeah, so that's a very good question. Really, how do you evaluate a stock? And it's difficult because they have different, the different industries have different metrics that you want to meet. Uh, like a steel industry has very low PEs historically. Tech companies have very high PEs historically. High growth companies have higher PEs than low growth companies. And so it's difficult. It's, it's hard to know where it should be. But you can do it. It just takes a lot of time to try to, to get to this understanding. Let's talk about Habit restaurants. Uh, and, of course, this is called The Habit. They have 247 fast food casual restaurants. And primarily they sell burgers and milkshakes and sodas and nothing too dramatically different from a regular fast food hamburger place. Um but they're growing pretty fast. Their sales growth are growing between 15% the last quarter and 18% the quarter before that, 21% the quarter before that. So they're growing about 15% in sales. Earnings, they, the, the highest they ever made was 2016. They made 31 cents a share. But this year, they're only going to make 11 cents a share. So their earnings went have gone from 31 down to 11 cents in the last four years. There's where your problem is as far as valuation. Why isn't earnings going up consistently? Shouldn't they be going up if they're expanding their sales? 
So that that not necessarily so. Maybe they're just spending a lot of money put building out more restaurants, Bruce, and it's costing them an arm and a leg. And one of the biggest problems with a fast-growing franchise-type company is they overbuild too fast. They take too much debt, and the debt swishes them eventually. Um, so you got to be real careful. And I think that's the problem that the habit is having. They're expanding probably too fast and earnings can't catch up. I'd love to know what the same store sales were year over year for the last two or three years to see how they're going. That's really a key for this kind of business. When did the same sort sales last year and the year before? Are those going up? Sales, not earnings, sales. Because if sales in the same stores are always going up, that eventually turn into earnings, Bruce. But if sales in the same stores are going down or flat, that's not a good sign. And I don't have that stat in front of me, but it's out there somewhere. I would probably stay away. It's still high priced. So if it's going to make 11 cents next year a share, it's an $8 stock. Wait a minute. If I give it a 20p, that's only $2.20. If I give it a 40p, that's $4.40. If I give it a an ADP, that's only, that's $8. That's where it is now. Too expensive for me. Especially return on equity of only 4%. That's pretty low. So I still wouldn't buy it. The numbers are not there, Bruce. Appreciate the call, though. Okay. Good question. Same store sales, guys. That's what you need to focus on on uh, uh, food establishments. And they have a lot of locations. What's their same store sales? Are they going up or are going down? What's the deal? And the, when they're moving up, when they're moving up, that means you can price them at a normal PE or a higher PE based on their growth. If same store sales are falling, even though overall sales are growing, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. I'm Steve Peasley, Rip, and we present this program from uh, five new shows a week for every day, Monday through Friday. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. And I hope you can tell your friends and tell everybody you know about the show because we would love to have them on board here. Justin and I do our very best to make it interesting and instructive. We want you to learn. Learn how this works. I encourage you to explore the podcast library. I would love for you to subscribe and then rate us you know, through iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's look at some stats, um, some benchmark stats. Gold was priced at 1489 around today, down from 1503. And gold has been weak for what a month and a half or so. After making a big run up, it's now been moving kind of sideways to down. What was interesting is last couple of days, gold has gone down, but so has the dollar. Usually, dollar goes down, gold goes up. But now both are going down the last couple of days. We'll see if that changes. 10-year Treasury, 1.74. You know, that's well above the two-year at 1.59, so that's fine. But not the two-month, and that's that's one of the talking points today. We're going to talk about that. 30-year mortgages are about 3.6%. 
And what's really interesting is that we're at a 20-year high for first-time buyers. Everybody complains about, well, it's too high, too costly for first-time buyers, then why are we at a 20-year high? Must not be costly everywhere. Now, where I am it is, and up in the Bay Area it is, that's for sure. But not everywhere. So, first-time buyers are at the highest highest number of first-time buyers in 20 years. That may be because the mortgage rates are low and in other parts of the, world, the United States, it's not, the prices aren't so high. And that's, uh, you know, by the way, did you know how high, according to Freddie Mac, historical data, how high mortgages actually got in October of 1981? That was the peak. October 1981, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage was 18%. 18. Now, my highest mortgage I ever paid was 12 and three quarters. Okay. Uh, but 18%. I just so you know, why was it so high? Because the government, the Federal Reserve, was trying to knock down inflation, which was also out of control at that time. Okay. Oil, boy, barrel oil stays pretty much the same, about $53. And gasoline's about pretty much the same, $2.64 a gallon, except for you can always add a dollar to that or more in, in California. Always can. The University of Michigan consumer sentiment number is out. A reading of 96, that's still fairly high, but that's been slowly falling over the last months. Slowly falling. Anyway, so that's the, that's the, that's some interesting stats out that we have. There's not a lot of economic information that came out this week, really. There really isn't. So... My main talking point today, the father of the yield curve says that now is the time to prepare for a recession. That's what he's saying. Does say. Duke University professor Campbell Harvey says the bond yield curve is flashing a red flag for a recession. The yield for the three-month treasury has been above the 10-year since May, a condition known as an inverted yield curve that has predicted the past seven recessions. Now, I use the two-year and ten because that's, I think that's more durable, and that's what you hear me quoting a lot. The two-year inverted to the ten only for a few weeks in this past two or three months, okay? Um, but it did invert. Uh, he encourages investors and business executives and consumers to prepare now. In other words, you got to be proactive. You know, I, I had this discussion with a couple of prospective clients I said, you need to not invest looking backward. And that's what they're saying. Well, I've had this and it's done so well for me. You're looking backward. has done so well. Do you think it's going to do as well going forward? Because you got to look forward. You don't don't invest in a rearview mirror. You invest looking in the rearview mirror. You invest looking in the and through the windshield. You look forward, not backward. So when you say, "Oh, I don't want to sell this because I've done so well," that's not that's the wrong way to look at your existing holdings, everybody. If it's done very well, you have to understand why it's done very well, and can it repeat that performance going forward? Maybe it can, but you need to understand. You're not don't look backwards and just hold on to it or buy more of something because it's done well. That's not the right way to look at it. Okay, so always look forward in your investment. It's the hardest thing to do, by the way. It's not an easy thing. It's easy to say, but try to impl- implement it. What are you going to sell? Are you going to sell your winners? Are you going to hold on to your losers? Is that what I'm telling you? No, but, but that's what it sounds like. 
right? I, I don't, don't, you know, you got to cut back your winners and increase your losers. Well, that might be so depending on why they're losing. What's the, so you've got to understand the economic cycle, what works and what part of the economic cycle and where are we in that economic cycle? You have to, you have to learn all this stuff. If you're going to be a serious investor and try to do well in your portfolio, you need to understand these kinds of things. The only reason is because you have to have your eyes open. You can't, you know, you can't walk around kind of having your eyes half open, and you know you're competing with everybody else who's buying and selling stocks out there. So your competition, you got to be everything's everything in the world is a competition. Everybody, almost everything in the world in a free economic system is a competition. That's what makes it so strong, because the strong survive. So you got to compete. I'm going to get you to compete. The markets have been volatile, all and the talk of the R word, recession, you know, scares a lot of people. But our economy is pretty cyclical, so we know that at some point there will be a recession. It's coming. I just can't tell you when. No one knows. Over the 119 years since the beginning of the 20th century, which was which was 19, 1900s, right? What percentage of that time has the U.S. been in a recession? For the last 119 years, what percentage have they been in a recession? I'll have the answer next. And now I'm taking your questions, investment questions at 888-99-CHART. The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity, InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. The countdown continues. Tomorrow, the next KPP Wealth Management Conference will be held in Irvine, California. That's right. This Saturday, October 12th, Steve and Justin will lead the event. Earning yield in a no-yield world. Investing in real estate stocks and bonds for income. Make reservations through investtalk.com. The Anytime Listener lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. We would love to talk to you. Now, we had a trivia question before the break. And... Uh, the question was, over the 119 years since the beginning of the 20th century, which was, you know, 1900, um, what percentage of that time has the U.S. been in a recession? What percentage of those 118 years has the U.S. been in a recession? It's kind of interesting, really. Now, what's a recession? It, you know, it's a business cycle contraction, right? That occurs when there's general decline in economic activity. So, the GDP goes down, growth it doesn't grow, it shrinks. 
Okay? During the nearly 15 decades since the start of the 20th century and the early 1900s, the United States has been in recession 29.8% of the time. Almost 30% of the time since all the years, 119 years, we've been in recession. But that's not as interesting as this stat. From 1871 to 1900, we were in recessions 48% of the time, almost half. From 1901 to 1950, 36% of the time. And from 1951 to 2010, 15% of the time. Now, you probably can argue that maybe the Federal Reserve is doing the job it's supposed to be doing because from 1870 to 1900, that was before the Federal Reserve. From 1900 to 1950, you know, we had that great, great depression in there, which, you know, lasted 43 months, right? So that was a long period. But still, this modern era, you know, the Fed was around, and maybe you could argue that they're doing their job. Hmm. You could argue that. I don't know if it's true or not. But you can certainly give that. I think you need to give them some credit. I think you do. People hate the Federal Reserve. Many people do. I don't. I just don't think, I think they make a lot of mistakes, but maybe, you know, based on this stat alone, maybe they're doing their job. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Uh, uh, 888-99-CHARTER is my number. 888-992-4278. Let's go ahead and grab another voicemail question. The ca- this call came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Scott from Michigan. I love the show and enjoy listening to it every day. But I had a question to help me and my coworker understand the basic concept of an annuity. And maybe you can explain some positive and negative aspects of it. I just wanted to help him be informed better and myself. Appreciate the time and thanks for taking my question. Bye. Sure, most money managers like myself don't care for annuities, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't consider them. Because, you know, they, you know there's, other, there's reasons to consider them. What is an annuity? An annuity is an insurance product. It is issued by an insurance company. So one of the things you've got to really be careful of, you make sure you buy an annuity from a big company that's going to be around for a long time. Of course, in our financial crisis, the Vargas company, AIG, would have went out of business if the federal government didn't step in. So, you know, you still have those issues. Annuity. Annuity is a, a, a contract between you and the insurance company. And that contract is complex. So you have to understand what it is. Don't listen, just listen to the salesperson. Annuity is, they take your money. There's different kinds of annuity. There's a fixed annuity. There's a variable annuity. Fixed annuity is like a CD. They're going to give you a certain amount of money, pay you a certain amount every month, like a CD, every, you know, every year. This will give you 2%, 3%, boom, 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 for the next 15, 20 years, whatever. Okay? A variable annuity is you get to pick mutual funds with the money you're putting in the annuity. Okay, so why would you do it? So many annuities will guarantee that you won't lose anything. And that's pretty attractive. Doesn't necessarily you won't make anything, but people like that, even though I think it's not a good reason to buy annuity, because, you know, yeah, almost every any 10-year period of the stock market has gone up over the last 100-plus years. Almost any 10-year period. So all they're doing is paying us because they're going to make you stay in that annuity for 10 years. Okay, uh, there's different things that annuity that you may like or may not like. Um, 
there, if you do take money out of the annuity early, um, you're going to be penalized. But at the same time, now they have annuities where you can take 10% with a year out without a penalty. Okay, so you have those, that kind of thing. Um, uh, annuity is also a tax-deferred instrument. Doesn't mean, doesn't, I'm not saying tax-free, tax-deferred. Okay, so they argue that a lot, that that's a really great benefit. Okay, but the problem is, is you're building the capital gains inside that annuity that you're not paying. But then when you want to cash it out, it's kind of misleading because the amount of money it says you have in there really isn't what you have in there because they haven't paid capital gains taxes in all those years that you had it. So you're going to have a big capital gains uh, not to, to pay. Of course, they get around, around that. The insurance company says, well, then want you to annuitize it. Oh, Lord, what does that mean? Yeah, that means you give them your money and they guarantee payments monthly to you forever for a number of years. Uh, so, you know, there's different parts of the annuity. You, know, you just really got to understand what they are. I don't really care for them. They're kind of expensive. I don't like when you, you know, lock your money on and you certainly shouldn't put any IRAs or Roth IRAs or any kind of tax-deferred accounts in an annuity. You know, buy an annuity with that kind of money. It makes no sense because you lose part of the, you, you know, they're tax-deferred. When you have a tax, <laughs> you have a tax-deferred instrument already. So it doesn't make sense to put one into the other. Anyways, uh, that's an annuity. I'll give you some information. Okay, uh, the, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today. Uh, it comes out every Friday, every Friday late morning. Uh, market conditions section is the first main section I write. Uh, this week was I was talking about some striking volatility, but mostly it was up volatility, which has been which is different than the last two weeks before this week, which was down volatility, but a lot, it's pretty striking. There's a lot of it. You know, uh, but I also talked about what the market, how hard it has been working to try to get above those old September, you know, those September year ago highs. It, it has broken up a little bit every time it tries to make a run, but it falls and we, it falls down again every time so far. So just, it's just, if you look at a year to, a year of September, September a year ago to to date, and it's pretty flat. The indexes are pretty flat. Nothing really has happened much. So that's why I talk about portfolio management section. Uh, you know, I talk about our philosophy a little bit, you know, where we like to have uh, stocks to earn money. But I also say that you can find, you can speculate with stocks that don't have earnings. But you need to really understand what you're getting into. And there's always, you always have to have the, the, uh, the, the understanding that they are going to have earnings at some point. You know, so what I'm saying is you can have sales and sales growing very fast, but like, you know, with the habit we talked about earlier, maybe the reason why they're not making very much is because they're spending so much money on building restaurants. Well, maybe that's a good thing, or maybe they're overbuilding. So you got you got to look at this. So I'm just suggesting in that section that, you know, there are times when you can buy a company that doesn't have earnings. Just should be rare. Not common. Stock ideas had a couple of big companies, a couple of uh, a utility in there, to, you know, one that was seven, another you know, oil company in there. They're big companies paying dividends. You know, I thought they were pretty good ideas, anyways. And the consumer section, the consumer consumer watch section. I'm using a little bit of uh, um, personal experience in there about 
scammers and the scammers that you know we know they're out there but if you have an older elderly parent a senior that's in a home or in a assisted living place there's been a lot of thievery because everybody has a key to his apartment because they're checking on him or they're cleaning up his apartment his or her apartment and you know they go in there so you got to be very, very careful. And your senior doesn't really necessarily remember all his, you know, where his jewelry is or his money is. So, so you got to be real careful where things are, and just leaving it out. So that's that's the newsletter, everybody. Of course, there's a lot of valuable information. You can subscribe to the newsletter if you want. It comes out every Friday. Uh, you'll receive the full email news report every Friday, and usually around noon, early afternoon. Is lots of information, hopefully. I encourage you to reach out to Justin and at KPP Financial and call our Irvine office if you have any questions. You can send a message to us or investor.com. We try very hard to continue to answer all our emails. Let's go to Mark and San Mateo. Hi, do, Mark. Hi. How are you? How's it going? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I was interested in learning about carbon black. Okay, carbon black ink. Hmm. C is that C B L K? Yes. Looks like it. Huh. Okay. So uh, it's coming up on my uh, it's coming up on my charting program C B L K, but it's not coming up on my my uh, fundamental data screen. Let me type it in again. Something's odd about that. C B L K. C, B, okay. Maybe it's, is it, does it trade on our exchange or does it trade on a foreign exchange? Do you know if it's on the New York Stock Exchange, NASDAQ? Do you know? I thought it was on the NASDAQ and it's a software company. That's all I know. Okay, let me, let me quickly look it up. Carbon, carbonite, C, carbon black hmm. not coming up you guys I don't have carbon black CBLK it's not coming up C B L K yeah it's not a penny stock it's, you know it's a stock is trading at uh, $26 and it's been moving up pretty steadily from uh, um, probably from February on it bottomed in December you know, like most stocks did, moved up and then dropped sharply in one day back to that bottom in uh, late February. Then from there, it's been moving up. Um, and I'm not sure why I'm not getting uh, I'm not getting fundamental information on it. I'm sorry I can't help you much more, Mark. I'm sorry about that. Uh, all I can tell you what it's done on the chart. I think you need to, it looks like, you know what? Looking at a chart. It, look, did it did it get purchased recently? About a couple a month or two ago, because the stock has been at twenty six for some time, going flat. That means it could have been bought, and that's why it's not coming up on my fundamental information. I have a feeling the company was purchased at twenty six dollars, and they did that in late August because they went sideways since they're twenty six dollars and really hasn't moved. My gut feeling is it has been purchased. 
So um, I think that if you look, I'll look on the news when I get a chance and see if that's the case. But if it is, now it's assumed into some other company and you can't, you know, it, it, you're not going to be able to pick it up. It's not, it's not trading right now. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Mark. I'll take a look, though, on the break. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I hope you are making the right choices with the money in your 401k. If not, we have a solution for you. We do. We can help you with that. We can't manage your 401k for you, but we do have a math-based model system called Active 401k, the Active 401k program. And what it does, it based on your personal risk tolerance, it helps you buy, make buy and sell decisions. It will send you emails automatically in emails what to do based on what's going on in the marketplace and what you have in, as choices in your 401k. It's a pretty neat little system. So you can read about it. Go to active401k at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Talk, And here's something all investors have to deal with. We are living in a no-yield world. So how can you safely get income from stocks and bonds despite a choppy market? You can register to attend the next KPP Financial Wealth Management Conference. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will lead the event, and they'll be joined by two real estate experts and a trust attorney. Get your questions answered efficiently at one time and in one place. Saturday, October 12th in Irvine, California. The KPP Wealth Management Conference. Seating is limited. Register now at investtalk.com. 888-99-CHART. And I have the answer for you. Carbon Black was bought by VMware at $26 a share. Yes, and they did that about a month and a half or so ago. So it's not available for you to buy it. That's why I have a chart on. Then the chart goes all of a sudden way sideways at $26 a share. Doesn't go up anymore. Now it's now it's delisted. It's not going to be on. You're not going to be able to buy it. Appreciate the call though. Kind of interesting. Thank you. Okay. That's Fed says that they have, they're not, this is today, not, there's no change in their monetary stance. However, they're going to start buying $60 billion a month in short-term treasury debt. Now, wait a minute. You're saying you have no change in your monetary stance, but at the same time, you're saying you're going to buy $60 billion in bonds? That's QE. That's quantitative easing. Buying bonds is the definition of the last time you did QE. That's you bought bonds. Now you're saying you're going to buy $60 billion a month. You haven't, buying them, haven't been buying them, and you're not calling it. You're saying you'd have no change in the monetary stance. Makes no sense, okay? Of course that's a change in the monetary stance. This is Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here. That's to help achieve financial freedom, everybody. We all want that. And, of course, the work will continue. you got one segment left to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, profits are expected to fall as the third quarter earnings season kicks off next week. How much of an impact will the trade wars have? That story Monday. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. 
Hi, this is Tom in Boston uh, calling about Altria Group. Uh, ticker symbol is MO. Uh, I own this, and uh, obviously, with recent news about vaping and the Philip Morris merger, it's kind of taken a tumble here. Uh, the dividend is nice, but uh, it's not enough to kind of make up for the recent losses. And just curious on your thoughts if this is going to rebound here or if the, the target price here down in the low 40s is kind of the new normal. I don't think the, the cannabis investments they're making are going to come to fruition anytime soon in the U.S. So just curious about your thoughts on this given the, uh, the kind of government's views on vaping and their investments in Juul and, and kind of where we go from here. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Well, you've kind of hit on the, the good and the bad for Altria, symbol MO, manufactured cigarettes and other tobacco products, mainly sold under the Marlboro and Black and my old names. Um, the, the, the good is, in the cannabis area, is a growth area. There's lots of growth there. But I think, finally, I think people are realizing, yeah, it's great, it's growth area, but it also has problems. People die, you know, especially from the vaping part. The, the, the deaths that we have in the cannabis area are deaths with vaping, uh, unclean or whatever, whatever the problems are. And so uh, I'm thinking that, you know, is this really a good future for the tobacco industry to get into? Remember, they haven't really gotten into it very much because it's still illegal on the federal level. Just on the state level, it's, it's approved. In other countries, it is legal. But Philip Morris itself, they make a lot pretty good money without the cannabis business. They're going to make four dollars and forty nine cents next year. They, you know, that's up about seven percent. Then pay a seven point nine percent dividend, and that's really why you buy this company because of the dividends. That's a, a forty two dollars stock going to make four dollars and forty nine cents, so it's under ten PE. And the five year average PE range is ten to twenty five, so it's right at the low. So I don't think I'd be selling it at this point. I don't. Return on equity is 50%. They make a very high return. But the problem is they always will be faced with pro litigation problems, right? I mean, most of the tobacco litigation is behind them, but you know, it's always going to be an issue. That's all I'm saying. I think you, if you own it for the, the dividend, it, you know, it's been very durable on that dividend. Just hasn't been very good on a capital appreciation basis. It really hasn't. Last year it was got a high of 72. The year before that it was got a high of 77. Remember, it's 42 now. The year before that it was high of 61. So will it go back there? Well, it could be. It's good. I don't see why it wouldn't. Maybe not anytime soon, though. You don't know. 888 chart, 888 Okay, forget all the things, uh, the hype and everything else. Forget about that when we're talking about stocks. The trade war, the no trade war, the impeachment talk, no impeachment. Forget about that. The market follows one thing always. The market follows interest rates, hikes or cuts. So, going back to 1968, the market follows the rate hikes and cuts. But it doesn't follow it exactly at the same time. It's usually delayed at some period. So if we're cutting rates now, the market will go up. If the rates go up, the market will go down. It's that simple. That, if you go back and look at chart, 
put a chart over the S&P 500, put a chart of the uh, interest rates movement up and down over the S&P 500, you'll see it's very, very durable. So now they're lowering rates. That Does that mean now then the stock market is going to go up? Not necessarily, because we don't know that the time lag. See, it, the market could be still still reacting to the time lag of interest rates being pushed up. It's only been this year that interest rates have started to go down. So, you know, the Federal Reserve is notorious for being slow, you know, or late. And we have an economic cycle that we're on the weak side of that economic cycle. So, interesting. Remember the inversion curve. Some people think that that's, you know, not a good sign. I'm Steve Peasley. This is Invest Talk, and it completes another one for the, I don't know how many umpteen time we've been doing this program. I've been doing this for forever. Decades, a couple of decades. I will see you tomorrow at the KPP Wealth Management Conference. Everyone should be there. And I'll be back here on Tuesday. Justin will be here on Monday. There may be still a couple of slates open, so if you can make the Wealth Conference tomorrow, that'll be great. You gotta register and, and sign up at investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.